go to 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5. We have been reading about the breaker, the chain breaker, and we've been reading a scripture from 1 Chronicles 14, but I want to show you that same scripture from Samuel's view now, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king of Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. Notice that. They, they hear about his elevation. They hear about this new level in his life, and they, they go to capture him. But David was told they were coming, so he went into the stronghold. And the Philistines arrived and spread out across the valley of Rephaim. So David asked the Lord, should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? By the way, you, you always pray about a fight. Amen. Don't just fight to fight. You always want, you always want the, the leading of the Lord. Before every great step of faith, God, are you in this? God, are you in this? Look what God says. Yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand them over to you. So David went to Belperazim and defeated the Philistines there. He said, the Lord did it. The Lord did it. Let's say those four words together. Come on, everybody. Say, the Lord did it. The Lord did it, David exclaimed. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named that place Belperazim, which means the Lord who burst through or the Lord of the breakthrough. The Lord of the breakthrough. The Lord who bursts through. The Lord, the Lord who defeats my enemies. Let's just talk about that for, for a couple of minutes this morning. We've been talking about breakthrough. I want to keep it going, and I don't have a fancy title for you this morning. Here's the best I come up with, breakthrough. Come on, anybody believe in God for a breakthrough? I'm, I'm believing God for a breakthrough. Amen. Fifteen years before this moment, 15 years before the moment we just discussed and just read about, a prophet, a priest named Samuel finds David and says, you will be the king of Israel. You will lead this nation. I've, God has rejected Saul. I'm done with Saul and I'm raising you up as the new king of Israel. And he pours oil on David's head. And David, in that moment between him and God and the man of God, he is king of Israel. He is anointed but it isn't till 15 years later that he steps into that anointing Ugh. you're like keep it you talked about patience last week pastor i'm done talking about patience <laughs> let me just let me just tell you there's always a gap between your anointing and your appointing <laughs> There's always a space between what God is calling you to do and you fully stepping into that call. So in between the anointing and the appointing, David had to learn. He had to learn how to deal with giants. He had to learn how to honor his authority, Saul. Which, by the way, God will never elevate you past your level of honor. The world might elevate you and you might think you're being elevated by God, but God never lifts you higher than your ability to honor who God's put in your life. He had to learn how to lead a small army. He had to learn how to sustain small victories. He had to learn, 
He had to learn this season of running from Saul while honoring Saul. He had to learn this season of, of leading a small thing while God was preparing him for a big thing. David, David is in this moment, but now 15 years later, God has elevated him to the place and appointed him to the place where he is now leading Judah, leading Jerusalem. He's now leading the entire nation. He's brought that split nation together, and he is now the king of all Israel. And here is his welcome party to his new kingdom. The Philistines attack him. So here's my first point. New level, same enemy. New level, same enemy. Verse 18 said, the Philistines arrived. Congratulations, David, you're king. Let's fight. <laughs> now, David has been in conflict with the Philistines for 15 years. It started back in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and 17 when he fought Goliath. Think about that. He conquered the Philistine giant in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel. 15 years later, the Philistines have not given up and the Philistines have not learned and the Philistines are still fighting David. It is amazing that your enemy is persistent. Have any of you just thought, I thought I'd be done with this by now. I thought I'd be done with the insecurity. I thought I'd be done with the fear. I thought I'd be done with the panic. I thought I'd be done with, with the lust. I thought I'd be done with the greed. I, I thought I'd be done by now, Jesus. I've been walking with you for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and the Philistines are still at my door. See, see here's what I want to say. The old preachers used to say, new levels, new devils. <laughs> like that. But I came to tell you, no, new levels, same devils. That when God elevates you, it's not some new level of spiritual attack. It's just the same thing. And you thought, I thought now that God promoted me, I wouldn't have to deal with that anymore. See, God will never elevate you out of temptation. You don't, you don't. Elevate to the angelic where you just, you're still you. You're you as a shepherd and you're you as a king. You're you as a thousand heir and you're you as a millionaire. You're you single and you're you married. You're you unemployed and you are you employed. You, you. And the devil's still the devil, and God is still God. And no matter what happens in your life, you're always going to have to trust God. You're always going to have to resist the devil, and you're always going to have to embrace what God is doing right here, right now, in your life. New level, same devil, same God. And the God that delivered me from the lion and the bear and the God that delivered me from Goliath is the God that's going to deliver me from this giant. I ain't going nowhere because I serve the unmovable, eternal, never-changing God. Clap those hands and say amen, everybody. Jesus said the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and to destroy I've come that you may have and enjoy life and have it in its abundance to the full till it overflows. 
Man, I love the Amplified Version. Did a woman write the Amplified Version? There's a lot of extra words in there. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just saying if it was a guy, it would be like, God good, devil bad. <laughs> Come on, I love all these words that they added to the Amplified. I love it. And all, all they're doing, by the way, is they're trying to bring clarity to the, to the Greek original language, and they're trying to show you all that's in there. Okay, I don't know if it was a guy or a girl. I just, I think of the, I think of Joyce Meyer when I think of the Amplified, because she reads out of the Amplified, and now I'm in trouble. Okay, here we go. Let's keep it going. I told you I'd offend you eventually. Here we go. See, John 10 is all about voices. When you read the book of John chapter 10, it's just, it's about the voice of a good shepherd. It's about the voice of hirelings. It's about the voice of the enemy. It's about the voice of, a th- it's just about voices. It's all about your choice to believe someone's voice. We all have a choice in the voice we're going to believe in. And, and here's what I've learned, and here's what I know from John 10, and here's what I know from David and the Philistines, and here's what I know in my own life of serving God for 25 years. The enemy's never going to stop trying to deceive me. He's never going to stop speaking, and he's never going to stop trying to get me out of my calling. Now, that, now that, that's what he's going to do. But let me, let me say this now, too. On the other side, God's never going to stop speaking. God's never going to stop working to keep me in my calling, to keep me in my anointing. See, the, the, the Philistines talk, let's go get David. But then God talks to David about the victory. There's always going to be two voices. And your life, your spiritual life and your spiritual freedom is going to look like the voices you believe. If you let me look at your podcast, and if you let me look at your friends, and if you let me look at your search history, I could tell you where you'll be in five years. Amen. If you let me look at the books you read, I don't read books. Well, okay, then I'll tell you a lot about what the next couple of years are going to, I'm just telling you, our life is, is, is shaped by voices. And the choice is ours. This goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. There was two voices in the garden. There was the voice of God and the voice of the serpent. We choose our voice. See, here's what I want to remind. When I say new level, same enemy, I'm saying that in God's blessings, stay humble. In God's elevation, stay low. In God's provision, we do not lose connection from God or from his people. That as he elevates me and blesses me, just because I might not need as many miracles does not mean I don't need God. Does that make sense? Like, a lot of times when you're first starting out with God, every conversation with God is 911. Y'all know what I'm saying? It's just a help. But as your wisdom grows, you don't need as many 911. You need a couple, but you don't need as many. But it doesn't mean you don't need God. It doesn't mean you, you, you no longer need his wisdom and his voice and his presence and his leadership. 
Maybe David didn't need a miracle against the Philistines, but he chose to still get the mind of God against the Philistines. Yes, maybe it wasn't him against the 10-foot giant, and all he's got is a slingshot. Now he has an army. Now he has a kingdom. Now he has thousands and thousands of men, and yet he never stopped going to God. Oh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost when I talk about this. That, that, I just came out of prayer and fasting. For, for me, 2023 was the best year of, of my life personally. And I didn't go into 20, and sorry if that offended you. I don't mean to, you're like, <laughs> jerk. I'm, I'm making, let me just make a point. It's the best, it was the best year personally in my life. And you know, I started 24 in prayer and fasting. On my face, not eating, saying, God, I need you to talk to me about this year. Because I didn't assume... Everything's up. Everything's good. Church is growing. Life is good. Marriage is good. Did our little sabbatical. Listened to the Holy Spirit last year. Got enough of that from last year. Don't need it this year. Building's being built. Everything's on schedule. Everything's good. Cool. No, 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 no. I don't. You. I never do. Maybe right now I don't need a specific nine one one emergency miracle. But I'm. But I start the year the same way. Lord, do I pursue? Lord, you in this? Lord, what do you want me to... See, I'm just telling you, David never lost that. New level, same enemy. Number number two, you got to choose your stronghold. If we're going to walk in breakthrough, you got to choose your stronghold. So the enemy comes against David. And the scripture says, verse 17, he immediately went into his stronghold. Everybody say, choose your stronghold. Choose your stronghold. Choose your stronghold. He, he immediately went into his stronghold. A stronghold, literally, in this, in this context, was the safe place, the hiding place, for them to go into during challenging moments. It was like an army bunker. It was like a bunker in war. It was built. Okay, hear me. It was built and crafted and constructed for specific moments. Let me submit it this way. We all have strongholds. Where you run during pressure reveals your stronghold. (laughs) Where, Where you run in stress is your stronghold. I need a drink. That's a stronghold. If you need one, it's a stronghold. I got to get away from it. It's a stronghold. Well, I know I was mad, but life is... That's a stronghold. How you act and where you run in the fight reveals your stronghold. And I'm, and I'm, now, this is good news. Don't, don't get discouraged. You get to choose your stronghold. Okay, so now Paul in the New Testament talks about strongholds. And he says, we all have them, and we all have to be careful about them. So here's what he says, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This is like the life verse of, of my whole preaching ministry. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. Notice that Paul says, you're in a fight. 
On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Okay. Now he's going to de define and describe a stronghold. We demolish arguments, pretensions. A, a pretension is when you have a lie that you try to convince yourself is truth, and you try to create a narrative around the lie so that it looks like a truth. That sets itself up against knowledge, the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to God. This means that when you're in a battle, though the weapons are not of the world, but anytime we're in any kind of battle, here's what's going to happen to you. There's going to be arguments, there's going to be pretensions, there's going to be knowledge, and there's going to be thoughts that immediately rise up, and what you do with them will determine what your life is eventually going to look like. So the question is not, will there be battles? The question is, will you choose the right stronghold? I said it's built, it's built, it's constructed, it's planned. I will have a place that I run to. Is, is it going to be six hours a day on Instagram? Is it going to be four hours a night on Netflix? Is it going to be a certain food or drink or a certain drug? or a certain, what, what's, Is it going to be relationships that you just keep going back to? Because see, when you're in that little stronghold, you feel safe from the battle for the moment. See, we're all looking for relief. We're all looking for peace. But there is legitimate peace and illegitimate peace. Jesus said, right, John chapter 16, there's God's peace and there's the world's peace. We, we choose our stronghold. Let, let me tell you, if you want your life to look different than it looks right now by the end of this year, it will be determined by your stronghold. By the negative ones you're willing to tear down and by the positive one you're willing to build. Because when you build a God stronghold like David had, the place he would run to to talk to God. That thing is keeping you safe. That thing is keeping you at peace. And that thing is going to give you the ability to hear from heaven. But if you build your own stronghold, your own pretensions, your own thoughts, your own knowledge set up against the will of God and the word of God, that thing is going to make you feel safe. But it is actually keeping you stuck and bound and small and defeated, we talk out of our stronghold, we think out of our stronghold, we judge people out of our stronghold, we look at battles out of our stronghold, we look at blessings out of our stronghold, you look at your spouse out of your stronghold, you look at your pastor out of your stronghold. And depending upon the stronghold we build and depending upon the stronghold we tear down, that's where the victory is going to be. And David said, I got to get to the stronghold. I got to get to my place where I talk with God. I got to get to my place where I hear from heaven. I'm, I'm talking about as specific as, the, uh, I don't even know what, I don't know what the new cool kids call it. I don't know what Gen Z calls it or, or whatever. But like my mama taught me, you got to have a quiet time. What do they call now? Devotions? Soap? I don't know. Whatever people call it now. I'm talking about a moment in the Word. It's your stronghold. A moment in prayer. It's your stronghold. A moment where you give God your day. It's your stronghold. 
a moment of worship in your car, it's your... I'm not saying life's going to be perfect. I'm not saying you're not going to have a battle. But I'm saying the victory is found in your stronghold. You got to choose your stronghold. David comes under attack and he immediately runs to his stronghold. Because where I run will determine my spiritual freedom. And you build it. And I've talked about this in the past. You build it brick by brick. And you, you build it day by day. And you build it little by little. And you just and you build your stronghold. You don't leave church today and go, yeah, yeah, I got to get in the Word. I'm going to read the whole Bible tonight. No, you don't do that. You read a chapter tonight. You read an easy one. You read Psalm 23. Come on, somebody. Just start somewhere. You read a proverb a day. What's the, what's the date today? The 21st? You read Proverbs 21. Amen. Like, just keep it simple. Yeah. Read a chapter from John. Just, yeah. But just start building the stronghold. Yes. Start building your place where you hear from God. Pray a simple prayer every morning. God, I give you my life. I give you my family. I give you, I give you everything that's going to happen. I just, I just say yes to you, Lord, in advance for all you're going to do. Amen. 15 seconds but, but you started building a stronghold. Yeah, right. Lastly, watch God work. <laughs> Let me have the team. Let me have the team come up. Watch God work. Wow. Here's David's testimony out of his stronghold. Verse 20. The Lord did it. Wow. Somebody say, God did it. Come on, one more time. God did it. David is under attack. David gets his word from God. David obeys God's word. And then God did it. I really do believe that God is working. I really do. I, do. I really do believe that God is moving even now in your life. I really do that God, I believe that God has a plan for your victory. God has a plan for your year. God has a plan for your success. God has a plan to sustain you through the attack of the Philistines. God, God has a plan for you. And David said, the Lord did it. God did did it. God worked on my behalf. I, I heard from God and I obeyed God and then God did it. Now, now, what we read in 2 Samuel, we don't get the full picture of it. So, so you got to see it in 1 Chronicles 14 because he adds one little word. He said, God has broken through my enemies. That's that God did it. The Lord did it moment. But watch this. By my hand. So God did it. With David, God did it by David, God did it through David, that what God does, he does with us, what God does, he does through us, that Jesus is the head of the church, but we are the hands and feet of the church. We are the body of Christ. That means that what God does, he does through his body. 
that the church goes to heaven and says, what do you want us to do? Jesus, what is your plan? Jesus, what is your will? Jesus, what are you calling me to do this year? And then he gives you the word, but then when he does it, he does it through your hands. The victory is always in obedience to God's word. The victory is always in obedience to God's word. So, so maybe here's the question. Why did, why did David get the victory? Well, because he obeyed God. He didn't go to his stronghold and say, God, are we supposed to fight? And God said, don't fight. Don't you dare do it. I'm not in this fight. No, God said, go. The, the victory was in what God said. And then in what David did in response to what God said. I don't know if you can think about the last thing God told you to do, but you need to go do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Or, I, I think I did. Okay, cool. Then just stand in that confidence. But, but the victory, the the miracle, the, the breakthrough was in obedience. Listen, obedience is not a genie in a bottle. But it is how we communicate to God that we recognize that we need his intervention. Can I read that again? Is that all right? Obedience is not a genie in a bottle. We don't just... But, but it is how we communicate to God that we recognize that we need his intervention. Yeah, David had an enemy and so do you, but David had a stronghold. And you have God's word. And the same way that David received his instruction from God, you can receive your instruction from God. Nothing is impossible to the child of God who has a word from God. Nothing is impossible to the child of God who has a word from God. If you needed homework this week, it's simple. You need to go build a stronghold. You need to go tear down the jacked up one that you've been living in and you got to build a new one. You got to go tear down those pretenses and those lies and those thoughts and those ideas and those imaginations that are coming up against the truth of God's word over y'all. You got to go tear those down and you got to start building a new stronghold in the word of God and in the truth of God's word and in what God says about you. And you start living from that place and you start praying from that place and you start hearing God from that place. And then whatever God tells you to do, you just go do it. Watch God work. Watch God work. Watch Him work. Because He's going to work on your behalf. I, I believe this is a year of breakthrough. I'm going to say that one more time for somebody who, who will believe with me today. I believe... That this is a year of breakthrough. That the Lord has broken through, watch this, by my hand. 
and God's going to break through by your hand. Can I get an amen from somebody? Play those instruments. There was a woman, an old lady who needed a breakthrough. She needed a miracle. She had ran out of money. She had ran out of food. And so she just started pacing her house. Lord, you're my Jehovah Jireh. You're the Lord of the breakthrough. You're my provider. You're going to make a way where there is no way. And she's praying these crazy prayers in her house. And while she's praying them, her neighbor can hear her pray. And her neighbor was an atheist. And he would laugh at her and go, what an idiot praying to God. What an idiot asking God to give her groceries. But she kept on praying. So he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go buy her some groceries. And I'm going to make a fool of her. So he goes to the grocery store and he buys her some meat and he buys her some beans. He buys her some rice and he buys her some veggies and he puts it on the front door. And the next morning the woman wakes up and opens the front door and there's groceries. And she goes, God did it. God did it. Lord, you're my Jehovah Jireh. You're my provider. You're my way. God did it. She's shouting around around the house. God did it. God did it. God did it. The Lord did it. A couple of days later, she runs out of food. So she goes, let's go again. Lord, you're my Jehovah Jireh. You're my way maker. You're the God who breaks through. You're the God that can make a way. You're the God that provides. And he hears her again. He goes, I'm going to do this again. He does it again. Buys her more meat. Buys her more veg. Buys her more beans. Buys her more bread. And she starts selling a break again. God did it. God did it. God did it. It happens one more time. But this time when she's celebrating and looking at her groceries, he pops out of the bushes. And he goes, you fool. God didn't do it. God didn't answer your prayer. I did it. And she starts shouting again. And she goes, God did it. God did it. God did it. And he made the devil pay for it. Tell you, City Light Church, God's gonna do it, and He's gonna make the devil pay for it. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked is being laid up for the righteous. Oh, this is the God that we serve. Come on, somebody shout to the Lord if you believe God did it. High five somebody, tell them God did it, 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 God did it. Hey, I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. I sought the Lord and he heard. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I Yeah. 
Somebody say, God did it. God did it. <laughs> and he made the devil pay for it. That's going to be our story. The Lord has broken through my enemies by my hand. 